I am grateful for who I am and what I have now. I am a leader of profitable businesses and properties that make a positive impact on others. I create the freedom, resources, and the legacy that I desire. I use my voice and energy to inspire others. I am healthy, happy, free, giving, loved, responsible, debt-free, wealthy, and abundant. Mm. I am positive energy always. Mm. I am present for my wife, my kids. Now I got grandkids and my grandkids. <laughs> and my thoughts become things. You're listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where we are changing the world through men's development. If you're interested in embarking on the journey of self-mastery, creating generational wealth, building an empire, and becoming a monumental force of change in this world, then you are in the right place. Because we break down the arts and sciences of these very processes to help you become the king that the universe made you to be. If the sound of that gets you fired up, then please subscribe and join the Art of Kings family because we condense these topics into valuable episodes delivered to you every single Tuesday. And we need all of our brothers for the war that we are waging. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, Sion Stevens. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest who I will announce momentarily. But first, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, pause this episode. Be sure to follow or subscribe, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. Turn on those notifications so that you can be notified every time we post an episode, because we post valuable episodes every single Tuesday. and I would not want you to miss a single one. Without further ado, my guest, real estate investor, entrepreneur, speaker, amongst many other things, Victor Johnson. Victor, how we doing, bro? I'm great, man. Glad to be here, Sion. Thank you for the invite. Yes, absolutely, bro. So today you will be leading the conversation because you have the uh, you travel around and you speak on your you have a talk called Be the Victor. Yes. So we are going to sprinkle some of that in in today's episode. I'm excited to hear the speech. I'm excited to hear the talk. But the main points that we're looking to build on with this episode right here are three ways. Specifically, we've condensed it down or you've condensed um, these messages into three points on how to create your future self. And I think that's so important for us to learn and for our audience. And so I'll be listening, asking questions when when necessary. And I like the format of this episode. It's a little bit different from how we typically how we typically have episodes, but I'm excited to hear the speech that you, you know, are able to go around and and tell people and have your impact on different communities. And so I'm glad to have the Art of Kings community be one of those one of those uh, communities that get to hear your speech Absolutely. well i appreciate it obviously this is a different format for me to deliver the speech i will be on stage and have 250 to 1000 people where i can pour into folks and and be on a stage environment but still the message is still the same right so the be the victor talk is really about what it means what it sounds like being the victor in your own life so what is the victor a victor is someone who has overcome adversity to mm-hmm. achieve a victory, right? To achieve a win or some type of conquering. And so that adversity could be a lot of stuff. In my life, it was bad credit. It was living paycheck to paycheck. It was having three kids by the age of 22 years old, 
Like those were serious adversities that I had to overcome. And so in this talk, I usually share a lot more about the story. And basically, you know, at 17 years old, I moved from Oakland, California to be with my dad, who was living in Atlanta. He had his a second family that he had already created. And I don't know how many people been to Atlanta, but it will turn you out. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it turned me out, you know, especially, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. So this was back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, it was a different environment, different time. And so having those kids derailed my journey of going to college right away. And I had to continue to learn some kind of way. So I continue to read and things like that. But getting to the point of it is that I still wanted to be successful. I still wanted to achieve a life where I could buy a house. I could, you know, live financially free. I could impact lives. And, you know, fast forward, spoiler alert, I'm actually doing those things now. I got the house that I want. I'm I'm living the way that I want to live. I run businesses and I'm able to help people. But there's a whole lot that goes in between that, right? And so when I'm talking about be the victor, which ultimately is also a way that, depending on where you're at in your life, is a way that you can create your future self. You know, yeah. that's my tagline for my business is create your future self. Yeah. And ultimately, you, you that are watching or listening, have the power within your own self to create the life that you want, that mm. future person that you want to introduce yourself to. Mm. And so... When I talk about being the victor, though, there's three things that I really like people to understand about being the victor. It's actually four things. Mm-hmm. And I call it getting in the game. G-A-M-E. It's an acronym for mm-hmm. game. So the G is, first of all, be grateful for where you are now. That's the G. Like right. a lot of times our our disappointment or our adversity is because we feel like we haven't achieved what we you know, thought we should be achieved at at this point in our life. Right. Well, there are some wins that you've already had. Like if you woke up to this message today, that's a win. Don't discount that. Right. Uh, right. If you have a roof over your head, if you had something to eat today, if you have your health, those yeah. are things to be grateful for. And, you know, I'm truly a believer that if you have one win, you could build momentum towards the other wins in your life. So Absolutely. that first part of the game is the G gratitude. And I have this exercise, Sion, like every morning, the second, you know, that moment when you wake up, but you still kind of like out of it a little bit, you are aware that you are awoke. Mm -hmm. In those moments, I call off 10 things that I'm grateful for from the previous day. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great way to set the tone for my day, get my mind on the right pathway. I mean, it could be as simple as, like I said, I had a roof over my head or I had a bed to sleep in tonight Mm -hmm. or out of the thousands of people that I drove by yesterday, I made it home safely. Like those are things that sometimes we forget. So G is the gratitude. The A, and this is a big one, is the accountability. Like you have to have somebody that will hold you accountable to the things that you said that you wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate. I'm part of a couple different communities. One is called King's Accountability Group. It's a bunch of brothers across the country. We get together on Sunday mornings and we talk about our wins for the week and our goals for the upcoming week. Mm -hmm. And we really hold each other accountable. So if you told me, look, I got to push out five podcasts in the next 30 days, I'm going to hold you accountable by calling you, reaching out to you, asking you what steps are you taking? Are you reaching out to people to get on your podcast? Are you exploring different topics? Like, what are you doing 
to get five podcasts out there in the next 30 days. Yeah. And so having that accountability and it can't be somebody that's going to fluff it, right? Like somebody. Yeah, oh, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It can't <laughs> I was going to throw that in. And I want to, I want to, I want to just add something real quick. So it could be immediate value for the listeners, right? If you're thinking, I don't know anybody who's real, who's going to hold me accountable truly to my goals and who's online or on par with my core values and everything. This community here, the Art of Kings community, if you are listening to this podcast right now, be sure to subscribe, check us out on Instagram and everything, because we are very adamant about building that kind of community. So once you get to that point and you've you're in the Art of Kings network and everything like that, reach out to some of the listeners. If they're listening to the podcast, I'm sure they're on the same kind of time or frequency that you are trying to become the best version of themselves. That could be a great accountability group to tap into. So that's just something really actionable that I wanted to throw in because I know for me personally, when I you know used to hear about find people who could hold you accountable and this, that, and the third, I'm like, nobody nobody thinks the way I do. So like, yeah. I don't know where to find these people, but you know, just to throw that in, definitely tune in with the Art of Kings community. And it doesn't have to be somebody necessarily that thinks the way you do. Absolutely. They just got their only job is to reach out to you at a specific time that you guys agree on. Hey, did you jump down and do your 10 pushups today? Did right. you eat a banana today? Like what is the thing that you're working on and their job is to hold you accountable to it. And it's something about it, Sion. It's like something in your mind that says, I can't let that person down. I can't let myself down. But a lot of times we're willing to let ourselves down. We'll beat up other people for doing things that they they said they were going to do more than we'll beat up ourselves about things that we said we would do. You know what I mean? And so having that accountability is truly, really important to a growth process. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, The M, and we're still talking about being the victor in your life, right? So the M is a mantra. And this is part of my Create Your Future Self bullets as well. Mm -hmm. So a mantra is, like everybody's heard of a positive affirmation, right? But a mantra has a little bit more depth to it. Mm -hmm. So one of the most famous mantras out there is, I am the greatest, Muhammad Ali. And he said, I was, I am the greatest. He said it two years before he became the greatest boxer in history. Right. So, and he had to tell himself, he had to speak that victory into his life. Mm. And that's what we have to do as well. You know, I have kind of a longer mantra and it continues to evolve. It's like a living, breathing document that Mm. I constantly call out throughout my day. And so with that mantra, especially for entrepreneurs out there. If you're listening, you're a solopreneur, you work from home or you got a little co-working space that you kind of all by yourself with, you got to have that mantra because you will have those dips on that journey. And so what the mantra does is it kind of kicks you back into gear. You say your mantra, you know what? I did say I am success. I did say that I am going to accomplish this particular thing, you know? And honestly, if you indulge me, I'll say my mantra. It takes about 45 seconds. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Let's hear it. I am grateful for who I am and what I have now. I am a leader of profitable businesses and properties that make a positive impact on others. I create the freedom, resources, and the legacy that I desire. I use my voice and energy to inspire others. I am healthy, happy, free, giving, loved responsible, debt-free, wealthy, and abundant. Mm. I am positive energy always. Mm. I am present for my wife, my kids. Now I got grandkids and my grandkids. (laughs) And my thoughts 
become things. Mm-hmm. And look, man, that thing has evolved in the last year or two. I've probably changed it. it up six or seven times. I love it, though. No, that's that's amazing, bro. There's See, even just hearing yours just now, it just reminds me of so many different things that are definitely huge areas of focus in my life. And so putting them or condensing them into a mantra, I think is so genius because although we know these things, like I want to definitely remain positive. I want to definitely remain healthy. I am a great CEO. I am a great leader. I am a great orator. I am a great husband, a great father, a great grandfather in your case, whatever it is. Like these are all things that we're aware of that we want to continuously grow in. And I think the mantra is so genius because it reminds us of that every single day, every single day. Like it's so interesting because, you know, you grow up hearing like prayers, for example. And I think that it's basically the same effect, right? You repeat uh, the same prayer in the morning before you eat, before you go to bed or whatever. But I think these these mantras have a similar effect, but it's rooted in things that, you know, you believe in yourself, things that you hold yourself accountable for, things that are, you know, based on your core values, who you are. We look to be. So I think that that's oh, that's powerful, man. Yeah, you know, great statement there, Sion. And the thing about it, it doesn't have to be true today. You know, that's- like you're speaking this into existence. And out of mind, it's probably 75, 80% of it is accurate, but it's because every day I'm putting in that work to be what I said I wanted to be. And there was one point, one of the reasons why I had to change it is because. I didn't have this segment in there about I'm present for my wife, my kids, and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like something was missing. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing all this, but why am I doing it? So right. I had to throw the why in there. And that's that just, you know, I probably say that thing, man, seven to 12 times a day. Yeah. And whether I'm sitting at a stoplight, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm in the shower, I'm just speaking it into existence. And so somebody out there that's listening, Create a mantra. And again, it doesn't have to be that lengthy, but create it. That's it has to be true to you. It has to be the identity that you want to create for yourself. And so that's that's the M in game is mantra. And in the E, we already said it executed daily. Like it has to be part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're working to to accomplish. If you want to be the victor, you've got to work on it daily, you know, Look, I'm a Kobe fan. No, true, true. I don't care who says who's the best. I'm a Kobe fan. And, you know, when you win a championship, you hit a game-winning shot. You didn't just learn how to take that shot at the buzzer. You did that 10,000 times before that. In your mind, that happened already. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to execute every single day. There are no off days. And I have this saying that, you know, our success and failure lies within our daily routine. So mm-hmm. you decide how that's going to impact your life. But yeah. every day you got to put in the work. Yeah, for sure. See, when you just said that, so as I'm as I, you know, hear the breakdown of this acronym, right? And you say that this is all around being the victor. I'm like the opposite of that is being the victim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> And so when you say your mantras and you say the things like, I am the greatest, I am, I am great, I am the best, I am this, whatever it is, we say that it's not true right now, but to some extent, they all are very true. Like, you know it for yourself, right? You know that you are the greatest. And I I circle this back to saying the opposite of the victor is the victim, right? The victim is the one who faces this adversity 
and they just crumble. They're crumbled by it. They can't move forward at all. But the victor is the one who faces the slightest amount of adversity, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, a lot of adversity, a little bit of adversity, yeah. but continues to move forward. Right. And I think that that right there is what separates 99% from the 1%. If you continuously can move through adversity, then you are the greatest. You are the greatest. You can make anything happen because what can stop you if every time something comes in your path, you just keep going and you keep going. So I just want to really emphasize that because no matter what it is, whether it's just waking up in the morning, committing to a daily routine, saying a mantra at least once a day, executing on the things that you said that you were going to do, executing on your to-do list as I do, that is what's going to separate you in terms of success, in terms of impact, in terms of whatever it is you want to grow in. That is what is going to separate you from the rest. That is what, what's going to make you the winner or the victor and not the victim. The victim's the one who's like, ah, like adversity, I can't continue. Right. So right. And we should reframe those failing moments in our life too. Like having a failure, having a failing moment does not make you a failure. Like mm -hmm. you got to look at it like that's all part of that process. That's all part of the becoming. It's all, you know, we don't take losses, we take lessons. So, so you've true. got to be able to learn from the mistakes that you've had like I listen to Oprah Winfrey I listen to a lot of people and Oprah says you know sometimes most of the time when you have a failing situation is God the universe whatever your spiritual uh balance is it's them redirecting you to something that's more in alignment with who you are right and so you know our ultimate goal is to live out the greatest expression of you of yourself like whatever that is. And every day, you know, if you'd have told me in my 20s, you know, that, oh, yeah, you're a real estate investor, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're a speaker. We're like, man, get out of here, man. I'm going to be I'm going to be a top dog in a corporate office, this and that. We're yeah. constantly evolving, man. I did that. You know, yeah. I, I climbed that ladder yeah. and I realized that probably 42. Ah, this just doesn't feel like me anymore, right. you know, because my life changed. And I wanted more time. I wanted more freedom. And yeah. so, you know, the one thing I noticed sometimes with, you know, younger people or even newer entrepreneurs is that they're not willing to go through the failures to get to where they need to go. You can't shortcut it. You got to go through it. Now that's got to embrace it. It's so true, bro. And so first and foremost, man, fear of failure and fear of rejection those, you know, everything in that realm is what keeps most people unsuccessful. Yeah. Like people don't want to try and risk failure. But and it's crazy, like even me, bro, even when we hear these things, like like a lot of the times if you haven't experienced it and you're just hearing like, oh, failure is lessons like like, man, it's no lesson. You just try to make me feel better about failing, bro. But like, right. you know what I'm saying? And I know that that's the mindset that a lot of people have. Like, nah, people just try to like, you know, cover it up, like acting like, you know, we didn't really fail when we did. But now, nah, bro, like it's really, really, really true. Like you cannot you cannot grow if you don't if you don't fail like you really can't. Like I was just looking at something, a post recently that was like it was for like podcasters and everything. And they were like, your 100th podcast could be perfect or or whatever. Your 100th podcast could be perfect. But, you know, your first one is definitely 
obviously not going to be perfect, right? right? So if you ever want to have a perfect podcast, you got to go through podcast one through 99 to then produce one quote unquote perfect podcast. And even that podcast is not going to be perfect, but hopefully it'll, you know, or ideally it will be better than your first one, but you're not going to get to a, a better, higher quality podcast episode or a higher quality company or a higher quality, you know, whatever it is without those first couple of, you know, attempts will all result Facts. in some sort of failure, some sort of lesson, like those needs to really be embraced and looked at as opportunities for growth. Like you're growing, you failed, you are growing, you are better than you were before, you know more than you did before. Absolutely, man. Yo, that's spot on right there. I mean, it's the same reason we don't go from the first grade to the eighth grade. Like yeah. <laughs> there are steps in this whole process and, you know, you may, you can watch all of the, online activity you want go to the classes and all that stuff but until you do it you won't experience the consequences of learning which Mm -hmm. is like bumping your knee against the table well i can't walk that close to the table anymore like you gotta go through it in order for you to realize okay or the kid touching the stove like you just gotta experience it and then you can okay now i gotta adjust and modify and so that's part of that process and it's for anything anything that you want to increase that. And that's why we say every day you got to put in the work because every day you could be doing different things to get that, gain that experience, gain those, those, uh, you know, those knots under you so you could build yourself up. And so that's the being the victor part of the talk is like get in the game, G A M E and really execute on all of those at, at the highest level possible and continue to invest in yourself. Like when I was, at that point where I wanted to come out of corporate, you know, I was so I, what I did in my corporate life, I was a call, call center manager. So I managed and directed call centers, mm-hmm. collection agencies most of the time or, you know, auto finance companies and things like that. And I was good at what I did. I was great at developing people and putting processes in place so that we could achieve the goals. Mm-hmm. So I learned that world. But again, once I got to the point where I was like, I got to get some of my time back, like, you know. I got to buy more time. I got to have more passive income coming in. And I got introduced to real estate investing back in 2015. And Mm -hmm. so I had to realize that, you know, I got to learn. I'm at the bottom of the ranks. This guy's up here doing these big things. And of course, online will make you feel like tomorrow you'll be a millionaire. But I had to go through those, those steps, those actual steps. And so for me, I ended up having to, before that, so maybe three years before that, I had to work on my credit. You know, I was at one point, man, 525. And I'm talking about in my mid-30s. Yeah, so, I, was about to, I was about to ask, because when we spoke before, you never told me that the credit was messed up at a young age as well. And so when you just said that, I'm like, wait, real, real estate investing, bad credit. I'm like, I know you couldn't. Yeah, straight into bro, the that's what I'm saying. So I yeah. had to. So here's an exercise that people could do, because this is what I literally did when I decided this life ain't it. Talking about, you know, I took this road trip. I used to live in Atlanta and we would take these little summer trips uh, with the kids or whatever. And we drove down to Florida. I mean, like my credit was so bad, I couldn't even rent the car before the day I got paid. So I had to wait till the money hit my debit card, jet over to the rental car place, pay for the car hit the road 12, some uh, 10, 11 hours from Atlanta to Miami or wherever we was going at the time. I think it was Orlando, in fact. Right. And so I get a speeding ticket 
going down there. So I'm adding more debt to the right. situation. We get to the hotel, and maybe my kids didn't realize it was a crappy hotel, but Miss Johnson knew that was a crappy hotel, bro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we stayed in this 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 crappy hotel. Yeah. I kind of mustered up whatever entertainment I could with the kids. Yeah. We drove back Sunday because I got to get back to work Monday. So this is just like oh, a day and a half trip just because I just I had to do something for my kids is the way I looked at it. Right. So I'm driving back. I got these three teenagers in the back seat. I'm yeah. looking through the rearview mirror, looking at them all slumped over on each other's shoulder. Look over to my wife. She was sleeping in the car and I happened to catch my own eyes, bro, in that rearview mirror. I was not feeling the man that I was, bro. I was not a king. I was not the king that I was supposed to be. I didn't feel good as a man. I didn't feel good as a father, as a husband. Mm -hmm. And so I literally got home, got everybody got situated, showered up, went to sleep. I stayed up and I pulled out a notepad. So this could be something that somebody out there is going through this financial situation. Mm -hmm. I pulled out a notepad and I wrote a line right there down the middle of that notepad. On the left side was everything that I felt like was in the way of me becoming the man that I wanted to be. Mm. The collection accounts, the bad credit, the spending mm. habits. Bro, I was smoking weed like crazy. So mm. I had to get like everything that was in my way, I had to get it on that left side of the paper. Mm. On the right side was what would the man do that I wanted to become? Right. What type of books would he read? What would mm. be his morning routine? What would be his mantra? Mm. Who would be the people he would spend his time with? Like I had so, and both sides were completely filled up. Mm. That paper became a to-do list for me. Mm. Started on the left side. Okay, so how can I tackle this debt? What do I need to do? And I come from that industry, so I knew that I could settle some accounts or I could do certain things. But what it came down to, honestly, sign discipline, yeah. daily discipline. I had to commit to that left side of the paper so that I could become the guy on the right side of the paper. And Mm -hmm. we got to write these things down so we could visualize it, we could see it. And that was step one in creating my future self. Mm -hmm. I had to be brutally honest about who I was at that moment in time and attack those things that were holding me back. And then I had to have a clear vision about where I was going to become that man. Yeah, you can't know where you're going unless you know where you are nobody could even help you like a gps has to know where you are to locate you to the direct to the location that you want to go and so we have to do the same thing so whether that's writing it down looking in the mirror being brutally honest like all of that is absolutely necessary and so i'm just curious do you have that do you still have that paper that you i still have that paper bro. Uh, yeah i still Man, I still have that because I was big on, you know, having like a to do list, an organizer and stuff like that. And I shoved it in there so that I could constantly pull it out and look at it. But bro, that was 2011 when I made that decision to do that. So here we are 12 years later. And again, I constantly have different things that I'm working on, but I have that one because that set it off for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like and so you just saying that, too. There's a quote that I that I love. And I think all the listeners at this point know that I'm really bad at saying who said quotes. I've always been like, I'm not good. Like, I, like, I'm not good at like saying people who said the quotes. I'm not good at saying authors and everything like that. And I think that's just because when something resonates with me so much, 
Like I just I walk like I go back to it, but I just like let it like stew for a while. I'm like, yo, that was powerful. Like I love that. And I you completely... own it. It becomes you. So <laughs> yeah, like, who said I completely it. forget who said it, <laughs> who wrote it, like who did whatever, bro. And this is a huge quote. And so the quote, uh, just I think therefore I am right. And there's, and you know, I feel like the most simple quotes are the ones that can be interpreted the most ways, right? And so. The way I always interpreted that quote from the moment I heard it as a kid was the things that I think like can are one step away from becoming reality. That's what I always thought. So I never thought in my life that there was an idea that I could have that could not become reality. I still think that to this day, I think that if it can exist as a thought, it can exist in my life as a reality. It just takes the process, obviously. And so you writing the things down on that paper of like where I'm at and then who I want to be. It's like, you're one step away from making that reality. Like if that's a thought that can come to your mind, then it can happen because there are people out here who are not even in the place to be able to visualize where it is they want to be. Like, at least you had some like clarity of vision, they call it like the clarity of path that could come a little bit later, but the clarity of vision like once you have that, it can you're one step away from making it reality. I mean, multiple steps, but like, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's actionable, and so sure. I love that, and I think that that's a clear example of how whatever you think can exist can become reality. It's just up to you. Like, man, that's well said. Like I said in the end of my mantra, my thoughts become things. Right, like just, and let's take a step back for those of you that are not clear on what you should be thinking about or what how do you dream bigger like you got to expose yourself to a different circle like mm -hmm. you have to open your mind up to new thoughts new ideas new people get in rooms where you don't think you belong and just listen because if you're in the same circle of four or five people and what if everybody look up to you so now you the the top most intelligent person in the circle, but you don't have any new knowledge to pull from yourself. Yeah. So that's why reading and listening to podcasts like the Art of Kings and just all of this stuff, you got to get exposed to different ideologies. And really with the real estate thing is I got to move from Atlanta to like all of that started happening. Right. So you don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. Just right. have the vision. And that's right. what that paper did. And within a year, my credit score went up to like 680 from mm -hmm. 525. I got a better job that paid me like 30% more than that previous job. And then I got another job that moved me to Austin, Texas. And that job doubled my salary. Mm -hmm. We were able to sell the house in Atlanta. So whatever little bit of lingering debt we had left, that got knocked out. So I didn't have any of this plan, bro. I just knew where I wanted to go. Right. And again, the GPS to tell you what turns to make as you get up to that point. You right. don't have to worry about how is this all going to happen? Right. Have the vision. Right. Well, so getting back to the real estate story, as I moved to Austin, I'm making double money. I'm debt free. It's like I became the man that Damn. I had found in this paper. Right? right. So how do I not go back to that old guy? Mm. Right. Mm. So. I started listening to this radio show. I think his name was Jeff Ward or something like that. This white dude. And it was really kind of a sports talk show, but he would have these little interludes and these little commercials that pop in and just being open and receptive. 
I had a commercial came on and said, have you ever thought about investing in rental properties? Would you like to create passive income for yourself? You can do this too, blah, 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 blah. Come out to the hotel tomorrow night at seven o'clock and learn about the steps to become a rental property investor. Mm. It's like, oh, what? Yeah. What are you talking What? And, you know, I've heard about it. My grandmothers were both in real estate, you know, not majorly, but they had dibbled and dabbled in the 60s in real estate. Mm. So that was like, okay, at least I could go. It's a free little thing. They're going to serve some some meals and snacks, whatever. Paul White was like, look, tomorrow night we're going to go to this thing, just block off the calendar. We go to the hotel. Of course, they do their spiel on, you know, all the benefits of real estate investing, you know, uh, cash flow. Uh, principal pay down, equity capture, all these different things that now I'm able to teach other people about, right? But I got involved that within within an hour of that conversation there, me mm-hmm. and my wife stepped out into the lobby and we was like, look, we prayed about it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it was like a $500 investment to go to that little weekend course that they were offering in San Antonio. Yeah. And the second I swiped that car, bro, I was a professional real estate investor in my mind. Mm-hmm. I invested in myself in that oh. moment to learn this information. And 30 days later, I had found a realtor and stuff down there that could help us find a property. We locked the property in. 30 days after that, we closed on it. 30 days after that, I had a tenant in place. Mm-hmm. In a 90-day window, from mm-hmm. the first time the seed popped in my head, Mm-hmm. I already had a tenant, a property, a tenant renovated and was collecting rent. Sure. That's what I love to hear. Yo, we're going <laughs> to, man, we're going to talk, we're going to talk more about the real estate <laughs> stuff. Cause that's something I definitely want to get into more, you know, a little bit later uh, in terms of the things that I invested in everything. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to include it in the actual episode. I want it to be on, on camera and everything like that. So that the rest of the community can hear a little bit uh, more about the investing thing. Cause we already know how important the asset column is. Yes. For us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But I love I love that whole story. Like it just goes to show how quickly your life can really change when you when you decide to turn your life around. Like when you decide to like, like no more, like you had that moment, you had that moment, uh, you know, driving back from Orlando, writing that, uh, you know, writing out where you are, where you want to be on paper and, and everything. Like that was the moment where it's like, nah, like no more, no more. And so we got to have, like, we got to have that moment. And the beautiful thing is, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you don't have to hit any sort of crazy adversity to make that switch happen right now. Like if you, if you were banking on that and if that's what you want, if that's what you want to wait for then then be my guest. Right. But it doesn't have to come down to that. You can listen to this as you're listening right now. If you don't like where you're at right now, or if it's not even if you don't like it, but if you are not living congruent with the man that you know that you are, let this moment right now be the switch. Like, all right, time to become the man that I was meant to be. That's what we're here for. And so I love everything you just said. I think it serves as a great example for all of the listeners of how quickly their life could turn around when they take control of it. That's good stuff, man. And I, I call that that defining moment. And like you said, you don't have to go through it yourself. 
learn from somebody else's story, like learn from something else you've seen. And those are the best lessons when you can learn without going through the hardship and you learn from somebody else making a mistake. But you got to be open to that. Like you can't be, you know, too hardcore and not where you're not open to listening and learning from any and everybody. Like everything is a lesson. The moment that you step out the door, you should be like, that head should be on a swivel, bro. Like, what can I learn from today, man? And again, as long as you know where you want to go, everything becomes the fruit for that. And, you know, you just got to be open to to those lessons. And, you know, uh, somebody said like, you know, well, God is going to, he won't make the cake for you, but he will provide you with the flour, the the sugar, the tools, the instrument. You got to put that stuff together on your own, but he's mm-hmm. dropping these little nuggets along the way to help you get to the next stage of your life. And so, you know, believe that that's really true for you. So that was kind of the other part of the create your future self thing is that, all right, be clear on where you want to go, create those mantras where you can speak it into life. But then you just got to believe it, bro. Like you have to believe that it's possible for you. Don't let none of that crap, your old, the old stories that we tell ourselves, well, you know, the white man hold me back or my daddy wasn't there. Like, okay, so that's a fact, but move forward anyway. Like we're in a time in life where we got all the resources around us. We can put this into play and start adding people to your circle that's going to push you forward, not pull you back. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, when I do talks to the young folks at the college, that's what I do. It's like, yo, pull your phone out. Take a look at the last five people you communicated to, whether it's a text or a phone call or whatever. Are those people pushing you forward or are they holding you back from where you're right. trying to <laughs> You don't have to share it with me, but you know if that person got your All back right. or if that's somebody that's holding you back. Yeah, no, nah, that's a fact, bro. Like, and so, <laughs> like what you were just saying, yo, there's too many, there's too many people out here who I know personally who say all of the things, read all of the books, listen to the podcasts, and do whatever. But in their heart, like they are not fully believing that they will become the person that they decide to become. And you could tell when somebody doesn't fully believe it because they will constantly reference. All of these things, like ah, yeah. oh, the government, like you see who's see who the president is, like ah, oh, this that, like making mad excuses, like like you said, ah, oh, my dad wasn't there for me as a kid, like always making those like subtle little excuses. I'm like, ah, oh, I know you don't really believe, like you're not really about what you say you're about, because if you were, this stuff wouldn't matter. See, once you have like, once you have a certain degree of momentum, you know that you're invincible. Like you know that the only person who, that can stop you is you. Like if you are not, if you haven't realized that yet in your life, then you're still holding on to them excuses and you need to let them go immediately because everybody, every, like, you know, I know once you get that momentum, once you have a taste of like, yo, literally anything I write down, say out loud, think can be done. It's just, it's just up to me. Like there is no type of excuse in the world that's, that can stop you. So there's no point in even, no point in even talking about it. Like it's trivial. No point in mentioning it. Because if you're not speaking victory, you're speaking victim. You mm. know what I mean? Like it's just it's just how it goes, man. And so stop telling yourself that story. Right. Like get out of it. You know, stop. And and if you really are having a problem with that, then find somebody else to help. Mm. Like that's one way to really change it around. Because now your focus is on helping somebody else, and the universe going to take care of you. But 
stop being a victim in your own story. Like, this is your movie. Why would you write yourself as the antagonist in your own movie? Like, come on, man. Like, like, come on, I'm going to be the star of mine. My wife, she don't understand. There's that, like, yo, it's... I mean, it's funny when you come out of it, bro. Yeah, absolutely, but when you... But but not... It's hard to come out of it and see that, but we're here to tell you, you can do this. You just got to put it in the work, change your environment, find a space, maybe in your house, even if it's a closet in your car, find somewhere where you could just be quiet and listen for a moment at where you where you really want to take yourself, man. You know, it's life changing. Yeah. And I'd say make it a habit, too. Like I, I prioritize. We spoke on a on a different podcast episode, I believe, with uh, my man's Jamal, uh, Jamal Robinson. He spoke about filling your cup up with peace every single morning. Huge, man, huge. Like you have to wake up and just have that inner peace. And it allows you to navigate through life in the ways that we just described, to have your ear open to learn from anything and anyone, to be able to execute and clearly say, like, this is what I'm going to be today. This This is who I am. And this is what I'm going to do for the day. But if you don't start with that peace, with that center of peace and balance, going to be very very difficult for you to do that yeah 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 well you just dropped a nugget with that one because a lot of times we aren't even 100 percent responsible for how our day is going mm-hmm. but we've invited all this negative energy in before we have a chance to get it started that's why i start my day with the gratitude mm-hmm. i have a set root some set principles in the morning that will not be compromised for anybody you know, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes in complete silence. I got my gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, even if I don't go to the gym, I'm dropping down. I'm going to knock out 125 push-ups. Right. I'm drinking some water. Mm-hmm. Have these routines. This is before I even pick up my phone. Like yes. the second you pick up your phone, turn on the TV, you just invited the world into your space before yeah. you even had a chance to create that 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 that's solitude, cool. that that yeah. protection for your day. Yeah. 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 So that's big, saying, man. Like, before, you, before you decide how... Like when you when you allow all of that in, you're letting other things control your life before you control your life. Like if you don't look at anything, you start with that silence. You start with drinking your water, meditate, do your push ups, go to the gym, listen to the podcast, do whatever it is that's in your morning routine. Take your cold shower, do whatever it is that's in your morning routine. Like that was all on you. You woke up, you didn't hit snooze on your phone like you took control of your life. You are on top of the day. The world, the day is yours. Like you are in complete control. But when you wake up and you're looking at your phone and everything, you being suggested or you're more suggestible to all the external forces. Like, and you know, is you might not like where that takes you for the rest of the day. <laughs> you yeah. might not. Yeah. And they know what they're doing with that online yeah. stuff. They, you know, they know what you're looking for and they know yeah, exactly. what you've been liking and all this yeah. stuff. And so they're going to keep sending you some of the same stuff, but you got to break that cycle. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's really important to set that first hour, hour and a half of my day. That's me. You know, I, I got to create it. And yeah, I can't predict everything that's going to happen in my day, but I can predict how I'm going to respond to it for sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, be able to, at least start my day down the road that I want to be on and not something that I saw on the news or some craziness online or whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's very important to protect your mind because that's what's going to drive yeah. your, your success or your failure. 
Yeah, I want to add one more thing on that same note, because you just saying that like the first hour, hour and a half, even two hours sometimes, like that has to all just straight be you. And so I think a lot of people will hear that. And one of the excuses that will come to their mind is like, oh, that's selfish. Like that's selfish to just have, especially, you know, if you're a parent, I hear that a lot with parents. Like I can't commit that level of, you know, that amount of time to myself in the morning. But then the question becomes like, not even the question, the statement really is, you can't give what you just don't have. Like if you can't fill your own cup up in the morning, what are you pouring in to anybody else? Absolutely nothing. And I think that that's a lot of the, I think partially that has uh, something to do with the disconnect between different generations and everything where it's like, bro, you have no game, like like younger younger people, like, yo, you don't have any game to give me. Like, you know, I'm yeah. not trying to hear what you have to say. And other people like, you know, like some older people in different communities and whatever will be like, nah, you got to listen to what I say. This is that a third, but it's like that dynamic, bro, really is i think stapled with in a lot of cases just filling up your own cup and everything filling filling up your own cup that is when you are able to pour in to other people and people people will realize that people can sense and feel your energy people can sense and feel that like you're on top of your day you invested in yourself and i'm sure you you know somebody with a whole family grandkids and everything Mm -hmm. can firsthand experience of like how it feels to you know even even just for example in that in the story you just said driving down to Orlando like you in that scenario weren't able to give your family what the idealized version of yourself would have been able to give your family and I'm sure at that time you said you were smoking weed and all that you weren't pouring into yourself every morning like you are now Now, yeah exactly Now, now that you're pouring into yourself you can give so so much more to your family, to the people around you, to the listeners of this podcast, like you can give at different levels. So I don't want to hear anything about the selfishness because honestly, if, if you are really that concerned with truly impacting people and truly giving your family and your people, your team, your employees, whatever it is, all that you want to give them, you got to take that time for yourself every single day. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Create some values around yourself. Like, you know, what's important to you? And you can find the time, even if you got to get the kid, kiddos off to school, 7 a.m., whatever it is. Well, why don't you wake up at four? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, who said that you had to wake up at six and try to cram all this stuff in in an hour to get out the door? Like, that's also adding to your stress levels in the mornings. Like, so give yourself another hour. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that might mean go to bed an hour earlier. Do you have to watch that show or do you have to do, you know, like, what are you doing with your time? Because listen, man, time is so finite. It's so limited. You know, even if you live to be 100 years old, that's just a a snap, bro, and we're gone, bro. So you have to think about, well, what's important and really write those values down for yourself. And this one exercise we do in our talks is we'll have people like on a sheet of paper, cut it into four quadrants. And in each four quadrants, write down your values. Might be time, your health, could be your spirituality, your family. So then we'll walk around the room, especially in our workshops, we'll walk around the room and we'll say, okay, give me one of your values, right? Just give me. And so people just start handing them over, like, you know, because I yeah. asked, them, yeah, all right, give me two, give me another one. Give me, then they're down to the last one. And I say, so is that easy for me to take your values away from you? 
Like, <laughs> why did you hand that to me? I didn't say you had to give it away. I just said, hey, give me one of those values. And yeah. people like, oh, oh, I didn't know you. Was... <laughs> it's that easy sometimes for yeah. No, just that easy. Somebody could throw you off of what your values are. So get locked in and then don't compromise those for nobody, for nothing, bro. Be mm. solid with it. Mm. I love that, bro. I love that. Yeah. People could give you their four favorite rappers real quick. <laughs> <laughs> real, real quick. Um, four, four values. I don't know. That might sound a little crazy to some people, but nah, we got to we, we, we really have to focus in on those things because without those things, it's like a. I was listening to, or I was either listening to something or reading. I, I don't remember. Like it's like I said with, before, <laughs> but like, but I know that I was I was definitely consuming some sort of value where they were talking about how your values act very much so like roots, like for like of a tree, right? Like a tree without roots can easily be blown away. Suggest it's more suggestible, like we said, it can be blown by the wind, could be knocked over, and everything like that. But once you have established roots and you know. Your core values, like I believe in ownership, respect, all, you know, whatever your core values are, those are like two of mine, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. whatever those are, those are, those are your roots, right? And you're rooted and now you're not, you become immovable, you become nice. immovable and you can, you know, branch out and. That's excellent. You know, I love that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so where do you want to go next? What do you want to talk about? Absolutely. So I want to, so we can get ready to wrap it up, but I want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about some real estate investing. So we're not going to get too we're not going to get too deep on it. Maybe we could have another episode specifically around around this. But right. I just want to. So I guess my question would be, and I'll just ask from a personal like this is this is personally what I'm curious in, right? So I know a little bit about the real estate investing game, and I know what what goes into it and everything. But for some of the people who might not like, let's just talk about how you would start. So I know what you said before. You said you were speaking with a with a uh, real estate agent. That's how you got your first property. You were looking at places and you bought it. And so that's not what I've learned from my like. I don't have hands on experience, but from like learning about it, like I've learned like, oh, look at some properties on like Zillow and whatever. And like once you see that, then you can you know uh, put put you know see I guess who the agent is for that. Like it's very it's a very like remote kind of process and so you've had multiple properties since you know your first one now and so i just want to i want to get some clarity on what that process looks like now like are you are you looking online at properties and then are you contacting the agent like what what was the what what's the negotiation process look like what right. like yeah so first of all there is no cookie cutter way to acquire properties like all of that is true. You could go on Zillow or Redfin or, or you know, a lot of people are using like PropStream or whatever if they're serious uh, investor type or wholesalers. But so now I'm fortunate that I've established myself as an expert in this lane. So now if somebody has properties, I'm getting a call or a text like, yo, Vic, um, we got this property over here. You think, you, you know, you and your team might want to buy it or so that's obviously that's a great way to get properties because now you got motivated sellers that are coming to you and you can kind of negotiate a little bit better. But if I was starting out today, I would definitely do what you said, but I would go on like a Zillow or Redfin and go to that filter section and filter it down to properties that have been listed for 90 days or more. Like if yeah. it's been listed that long, that seller is ready to, I mean, he's, he or she is 
making payments that they do not want to make payments on. They mm -hmm. paying the, the utilities on that property. It That's may not even be in their same state, like with me. Yeah. So I was gonna say, so you think that that person, so that person is more likely to like negotiate price with you? Yeah. That's oh yeah. Absolutely. That's game. Like, that's game. See, I yeah, didn't realize. That's it. You know, and you're not, it becomes a win-win, right? Because you're able to get it at a discounted price and they're able to get that headache out of their, out of their system, right? Get that thorn out of their side mm -hmm. and you can come to the table. You Now, so there's some basics that have to be in place. You need to know what your financial situation is, whether it's going to be cash or you got private investors involved or you use hard money. Like there's a litany of ways to do it. Um, you need to make sure that you understand what is your strategy for that property. Is mm -hmm. this going to be something you're looking to flip? Is this looking you're looking to do like a short term rental, long term mm -hmm. rental? Um, now we're starting to get into some program based housing where we can rent out each room for program housing. And so you need to know what your exit strategy is or what your strategy is for that property. And mm -hmm. then all of that kind of gets gets put into an analytical outline. So mm -hmm. that you're not making an emotional decision about, oh, yo, this is a perfect property. And then, boom, you pull the trigger. Now you got you just bought his headache. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you need to be clear on where you again, like the GPS you talked about, be clear on where you're going with with this investment. This is not something to take lightly. Mm -hmm. And listen, I am not a CPA or anybody. So get your team together and make wise decisions around those numbers because you could lose a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Even me, eight years in the game, I had a deal that went horribly wrong for me just last year, you mm -hmm. know? And so you've got to be able to, one, not take nothing too emotional. Mm -hmm. It's part of the process. What can I learn from that mistake? Boom, come back stronger with the next one, right? But those are some ways I would filter that Zillow or Redfin or whatever online system you're using. Filter it down to where they've been on there 90 days. Kind of look at what your price points are. You know, you could filter it by a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage and all this different stuff. And you might want to look into markets that are just outside of the metropolitan. You know, mm -hmm. those are areas that are close enough to get to the city, right. but they also just on the outskirts. So you might be able to, you know, get, you know, again, it really comes down to what your strategy is. Yeah. I like school districts that are good. I like to find the crappy houses and good schools like college, college school districts. Whether it's a college or a high school or a middle school, elementary school, because mm. I'm in the rental game. And right. so people that are renting houses are typically families. They right. want the picket fence or the mm. garage because so they can have their dog and stuff. So families don't want to be in a school district that's rated one out of 10. Right. They want to be in the five, six, sevens or, or better. Right. So if you could stumble across a good school, a good school district, but find a house that has been neglected or has mm. been rented out by a, a out of state landlord. Like I'm an out of state landlord. So I got property. I live in Dallas, Texas, but I got stuff in San Antonio, Kansas city. So mm. like it's, you just got to kind of start learning what those motivating factors are for sellers. Yeah. So I got, I got three quick questions that we could jet through. Real, real okay. quick. So one, this is like a yes or no question. Have you been, have you physically been to all of the properties that you have? Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So then the next one is in that process, right? And all of the listeners, these are genuine questions that I'm actually curious to know the answer. Like through that process, how many, how many times, or is it all the time? Did you have to meet with uh, an agent 
being like a middleman or were you able to meet directly with the seller and make that transaction happen? So I created a team. So there was a reason that I was in that city. Like my mom lives in Kansas City. So I go there and again, I'm wide open. So if I'm in a city, I'm looking, you know, um, Atlanta, I got family there. I'm looking. So um, and then once I'm there, I'm I'm like making connections with people that I feel like I could build something around. And if they're a realtor, they have a license or whatever. So they have a, you know, an integrity that they got to uphold. So nowadays they can just do FaceTime with me. All right, let's go look at this property. But again, for me, we're doing the analytics. So it's the numbers for me. And now I just need somebody to put the eyes on it to make sure that it is what it looks like it is. Because you can get tricked nowadays with these pictures, bro. So, but yeah, we've physically been there. We build a team. And then, you know, whenever I'm back in town, I can always put my eyes on it. But our system is so, so solid now. I don't have to worry about going to see those properties once they're up and running. For sure. And then this is the last final one that we could close off on. And I think it will be very valuable for the listeners. What do you recommend that everybody has situated before looking to invest in their first property? You got to have some money, um, you know, and that that can vary depending on where you want to start. But even if you got enough money for your down payment, you right. need to have those reserves. You got to have some cash in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it definitely helps to like study what you're looking to do. But you got to have some money. Obviously, it helps to have some good credit because then you can start building. And I'm not just talking about personal credit, like building some business credit so mm-hmm. that you can leverage that mm-hmm. to invest with. But, you know, I will be lying to everybody out there if I told you, you don't, you can't get into this game without some money. You might stumble on a deal where you could walk into it with little cash, but mm-hmm. you still got to manage that business. Right. And so you got to have some money. Um, and here's the last part of that is you don't have to have the money. Your team needs to. So maybe you're the person that, can do the legwork and understands the analytics and you're willing to go through all of the the management process. You're the operator, Mm. but you got somebody over here that's a doctor or got a great job, but they don't have the time that you have y'all partner up because they're looking for somebody who could do the day to day and they Mm. got the bread. You're Mm. looking for somebody that got the money and you got the time. So leverage whatever you don't have and find somebody who has that and y'all, y'all work together as a team. So you don't have to, when people say you don't have to have money to get started, they're, they're talking about that kind of scenario. They partner with somebody who has the money and yeah. they're willing to be the operator of that. I've also, heard, I've also heard, you know, people say like, you got good credit, just buy, like, just, just put the down payment and credit or whatever. And, uh, you know, pay, pay back the, the monthly rates and, uh, you know, just charge, charge your uh, rent just a little bit more than, uh, you know, what you got to pay back to the bank on a monthly basis and you get like a hundred dollars in profit or, uh, you know, monthly, something like that. It can be done. It's just a gamble. If you don't have any cash resources, you are gambling because you're, you're assuming that in 30 days you could buy, close, repair that property, get it and find a tenant and things are shit. The market is shifty right now. So, yeah, you so would have recommended. Yeah, don't play it that close. Like, give yourself a runway because it might take you ninety days. It might take you six months mm. to get that property where it's cash flowing. Mm. And if you're sitting there doing it all on your credit line, 
Now you didn't defaulted your credit. Now you backwards with your credit. Like it's just, mm. you know, those are the lessons that I've learned over the years is that, you know, starting out with, with what I had and then it got tight at one point and it's like, I'm still trying to get more doors. Like just pace yourself. It's okay. Right. You don't have to, you know, don't let your ego drive you into a situation that will get you into more trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, man, that concludes this episode. So first of all, thank you so much for, for joining us today for sure. And so all of the listeners right now, I don't know if you guys will be able to tell that my side sounds a little bit different, but we are currently in the studio, uh, not doing an official like studio episode. I just happened to be in the studio trying to, trying to situate things and, and, you know, get all set up. Cause you know, this is, you know, still, we still in the process of moving and we had this meeting. So I'm sitting in the studio, just doing it straight off my laptop, no microphone, no camera, nothing. We just doing it straight off the laptop. But, uh, so I don't know if y'all hear any difference, but that's where we at right now. But with all that being said, man, if you could just leave a couple of places where they could find you, check you out, get in contact with you, whatever it is, leave it here. And I'll also put it in the description. Sure. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, the main place would be uh, be the victor.us www.bethevictor.us not.com.us mm-hmm. um i'm on instagram victor v underscore johnson and um you know basically you'll see all my socials once you go to the website Perfect. so if anybody wants to reach out they can email me as well at victor v-i-c-t-o-r at be the victor.us absolutely all right so i'll leave all that in the description that concludes another incredible episode of the podcast And we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Peace, Art of Kings family. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a listener of the Art of Kings podcast show, we ask that you do three things to help us further our mission and reach as many men as possible. First, if you feel it is appropriate, please leave us a five-star review as it would greatly help with our ratings and help to get the podcast out to more people. Second, if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at underscore Art of Kings underscore. That is the official community for the Art of Kings podcast show, where you can interact with other listeners of the podcast and receive special updates about future guests as well as future episodes. Finally, please send the podcast directly to three people who you feel could benefit from our messages. The Art of Kings is a movement intended to help us men become all that we were meant to be, all that our families need us to be, and all that the universe calls us to be. If you find our episodes valuable, Please send the podcast over to three people with the hopes of spreading the message and furthering the movement. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll see you next week. Peace.